Online Podcast 478 Hello there ladies and gentle whores Welcome back to Online Podcast Okay I have obviously some uh, response that I got from last week's episode. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, you should go check it out. It is called Suicide Sandwich. It is, uh, I was in the middle of talking, the reason why I call it Suicide Sandwich is because I was in the middle of talking about how, uh, excuse me, <laughs> that was my throat making that noise. I just took a sip of water. Um, I was talking about how, um, you know, the how nice it is to be reuniting with with my family and friends, and then uh, I was going to talk about how rewarding this trip is going to be and how meaningful and all that, and then I was, uh, and I listened to a podcast from Nick Thomas that uh, sort of changed the direction of where I want to go with my podcast just for that week because. He uh, had a very serious uh, suicide um, uh, plan, and I thought I have to talk about it, so I did. And I did get some response from uh, a couple of people. Uh, Catherine uh, Churchman mentioned it that it is a, an, impor- an important uh, topic to be talking, um, to be I guess brought to the attention of uh, of everybody, or at least my listeners, and so yeah, which I agree. Uh, but I also have a uh, a response from Ed Chen from uh, Singapore that I want to maybe read some respond to his his uh, response and also talk about Nick Thomas's own response on his latest show. So um, I'm gonna start with Aunt Chance first before I get into talking about my. Uh, there'll be the other side of the sandwich, the the rewarding stuff that I that I have. Uh, I felt like I experienced when I visited. I there's hair in my mouth. Ugh! When I visited uh, Malaysia, a little hair. Don't you hate that? Okay, I got it out. Oh, it's Chai's hair, of course. It's, no, it's like a f- piece of fiber of sort, like blanket fiber or something like that. And, uh, okay, so this is Ed Chan's response. He said, I just heard your latest episode of online. I have some thoughts and experience that might help you understand Nick Thomas and possibly help to start making him feel better. Sorry in advance for the wall of text. He did write me quite a bit. Firstly, to address your first question of whether he is having a mental illness or is mentally unsound, the clinical answer is yes. However, that that simple answer does not explain the full situation. Theoretically, anyone who is thinking of acting against a self-preservation instinct, i.e. thinking of killing himself, is mentally unsound. But from your description, it sounds more like he has reached his state, um, reached this state after a long-drawn, lonely, and hopeless fight from isolation, prolonged feelings of failure, hopelessness, etc., even in nature, certain animals have an instinct to commit suicide when faced with uh, unsurmountable situation. Not every 
uh, story of corner animal, not where is it? Not every story of a corner animal results in a sudden burst of fighting spirit. At some point in time, the human spirit will weaken from constant wear and tear, not only from the troubles they face, but also from the daily routine of interacting with the people around them or social media. Of how everyone else seems to be doing great while they remain stuck or getting worse day by day. Try to think some activity you are bad at that nothing you can do will make it better or improve the situation. The first instinct you have is to give up because it's probably not worth the effort and the pain. And chances are you have indeed already, indeed already given up on the activity. Now imagine that the activity that Nick is struggling with is in his li- is his life. Oh, okay. So yeah, he's like giving me a situation trying to be trying to get me to understand. Uh, he feels this is Nick also. Uh, this is uh, at Chan saying he feels has no. It feels has no. What's that? He doesn't feel like he has significant and tangible support. The work situation is getting worse and worse with no assurance of any improvement in sight. That the more he tries, the more it feels he's wasting his effort in, in the futility that he feels like he's slowly sinking into quicksand with nothing to grasp onto. And at some moments, he feels like he can't breathe. Sorry, I'm, I'm reading this like really horribly, so it's making it very boring. Only he's waking up every day with the same feeling. So essentially talking about, yeah, like waking up to the same old um, disappointments. Now on some good news, he say, the fact that he's talking about it means two things. One, people who talk about their own suicide usually don't commit suicide. That's true. That's what I was thinking also. It's a mental act of vocalizing their options. If he was... At that point of no return, he would have uh, he would have just uh, do it without saying a word, which I agree. Uh, which is why you hear, uh, which is why you hear so much about cases of people who are unexpectedly committed suicide. What you want to watch out for is when he suddenly has a burst of energy. That's when he will have the strength to act on his suicide urges. Two, that's the second option, subconsciously or unintentionally. His talking about suicide is a cry for help, which, yes, I also agree. Uh, as you and and here's a, here's another reason why I agree. This is like my own interjection now. This is John Ong speaking. Uh, is that he feels like he has no friends, right? So the only two outlets that he has is one on his podcast, his podcast listeners, as well as he listens to this Fox radio uh, but a liberal program that he calls in and talk about his situation all the time so people are are aware that he's going to commit suicide and all that too so yes i totally agree that that's what he's doing whether or not he's consciously doing that or or just subconsciously doing that as a cry for help that is uh that's you know we do not know as you have mentioned it over your last podcast, this is going back to his uh, at chance comment again. Some people were able to intervene by calling the cops. It's almost like an unintentional survival instinct putting up an SOS sign. So yeah, now for the hard work. Actually, it's not that hard. Checking in with him helps. And there are f- phrases that act like pressure relievers that help to momentarily distract or prevent a potential suicide uh 
potentially suicide person from acting. How are you feeling? Is a good start. Also, please promise me you won't do anything to hurt yourself. I don't know if that works. <laughs> I don't know if that particular line works. But at least lo- letting him know that somebody's out there caring for him. I told him that I'm concerned. I write. I wrote him an email right after I recorded that episode. And uh, this is sorry. This is me talking again. I wrote him an email just saying that I'm concerned. Have you tried the suicide hotline, uh, suicide prevention hotline, which I gave him? And uh, he, I don't believe from his latest podcast that he called because he said he's already tried it, and people working on the suicide prevention hotline did not seem to show much care, and so that's not good. <laughs> If you're working for a suicide prevention hotline and you come across as you don't care, then something is not quite right. So I'm hearing a little microphone fart again. Uh, so he tried, and uh, well, I guess my suggestion he didn't try, and you know there might not be any any resolution. I mean, all he is doing may just be, um, I don't want to put it so bluntly as saying seeking attention, but he is seeking the the attention that he's lacking as a normal human being by talking or vocalize his uh vocalizing his his uh, desire to to kill himself. So yeah, that's that's true, and uh, since you blah blah blah, let me see. Uh, you may also tempted to emotionally take on his business. That feels helpless. One thing you must remember that I suspect that you probably already know is that you most probably are not going to be able to solve this problem. Which I know. Yeah, I I, I can't solve the problem, and I don't know. I just feel like if I haven't done my part that I can do, then. Something just feels wrong that if I don't do that, even if I know that he's not gonna li- not gonna listen to me, at least I feel like my duty. I have done my duty, and I would not be regretting if something were to happen to him. That I wouldn't regret the fact that I didn't do what I my instinct asked me to do, and there might be a possibility that if I do that, it might save his life. But I don't know if he's gonna change his mind, and so forth. I don't know. So I'm skipping some of the. The the stuff that he wrote, and yeah, I guess that's that's kind of in a nutshell a、uh, nutshell of what he sent me.、Uh, what else did he say? At the very least, he needs to get in some form of emotional support, be it from friends, family, or some external support group that can check in on him regularly. I don't know if he wants that too. I don't know if he wants that. Um, may he. What what is really weird and really bothersome is that his support. You know, we typically have friends, we have family members. He does not talk too much about this to his family member, the family family members. Ah,、uh, the stupid microphone is like farting again. It's the moisture, I'm sure. Um. Oh gosh, this is annoying. I'm gonna pause for a little bit and see if I can fix this problem. Uh, 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 no, it's not <laughs> problem. It's not fixed. Still doing this farting thing. Um. So I don't know if. I mean, one thing that I do feel 
better is that he recorded a second show. And I don't know, there's like a bit of a gap there, right? I don't know how his thought process is from one show to the next and in between during that week, what happened and so forth. He said that he has become an ordained minister to help uh, trying to see if he can um, conduct gay marriages for people. So I tr- <laughs> So it's a little bit like he's... I think he might, maybe he's going to be okay. I mean, he's not all right. I know that he's not mentally sound, like Ed Chan said. I just hope that one way or another, he might be able to find something in his life that he sees, that he himself can see as uh, as if it is of value. So if he becomes a an ordained minister and he can help gay couples getting married, then it is a... Uh, good thing. Then there's like a, a sense of purpose. There's a sense of why his existence matter. So I think that might give him some hope and some help. Hopefully, I don't know. But very interesting, very interesting character. Um, I do care. I can do only what I can do as a listener. Um, and and hopefully he'll feel better in time. And hopefully when the economy gets better and when his job is more um um uh, secure hopefully uh he'll feel better i don't nobody's job is secure these days frankly yeah <sighs> no one and i say that including myself uh I, it just you just wouldn't know so um so that was the response i think that's pretty much it so i'm not going to leave it at that and if you are interested if you listen to if you would uh, Check out if you want to check out Mike, uh, no, Mike, but Nick Thomas's podcast. You can go check it out if you look for Nick Thomas in iTunes or uh, any podcast uh, directory. You might be able to find it or just Google search it. I don't really know what the URL is, I think it's Nick Thomas Podcast dot wordpress.com, something like that. I can't remember. So, um, yeah, so that's that. So now I'm gonna hop back and complete the sandwich of my trip. I was trying to recall what I was going to talk about, and I can't remember. But I'm just going to talk about how, um, what were the highlights, I guess, that was um, rewarding to me. Now, some some of the stuff, I don't know if I'm going to repeat myself or not, but I'm just going to say it, right? I'm just going to do it. Um, I went to, one morning, without planning, I went to... Uh, breakfast and went to oh it is on Christmas Day yeah it's on Christmas Day and we we have a very simple uh, Christmas lunch which is just like rice congee rice porridge and uh, with some really delicious meal again I was telling my mom that anything that is common normal and mundane it is special to me so we went there we had our lunch and then we just decided hey why don't we just go over to it's close to my aunt's house and we just thought maybe just pop by and say hi and say Merry Christmas to my aunt. So I went there and it was also the day where all my uh, um, uh, cousins are coming back to have a meal at my aunt's house. I didn't, we didn't plan that. We just kind of pop in. In fact, I, f- I felt kind of bad. I thought we should probably should have called and check if it is a good time to go over or not. But apparently in Asia, especially if you're close relatives, you just boom, show up. So we went, which I'm glad I did. I went and my aunt was there and my uh, my cousin uh, were all kind of arriving 
And so we had a good catch up. Some of them I haven't seen for a long time. My my cousin's daughter, when I left, she was so she's still a tiny little girl, and now she's all grown up. And we sat down and we opened up this stack of photo albums from my aunt's collection. We just go through some photos and check out some of the old photos, which some of them were hilarious, some of them were precious, and uh, in. I just left feeling so uh, content, I guess, that that I that I've rekindle, reconnect with my cousins. Yeah, I, I wish I could be in touch with them a little more. But sometimes the reality just won't allow you to do so, right? Because you, you know, we have our own lives. I have my own life here. They have their own lives over there, and it's hard to 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 have that continuous connection. However, it felt very rewarding. In fact, I used my iPhone to take some selfies of the entire family, including my parents and my aunt and uh my aunt's uh several uh, fam- uh like children. So my my aunt's uh, second son, uh, youngest daughter, who is the one that's closest to me, and then their second uh, oldest, eldest daughter, and second daughter, uh, and second daughter's whole family was there. Her daughter and her husband, and uh, and then my youngest, uh, the youngest daughter's husband was there as well. So it's it's a full. I felt very lucky because every time I go visit my aunt, I really only get to see my aunt and maybe sometimes uh, one or two of my my cousins. But this time I get to see all of them except for uh, a cousin brother of mine who is in Singapore, which I actually get to see when I visited Singapore. So that felt very rewarding. I I I don't know. You know, I don't want to put it too morbidly when I'm thinking about stuff like that. Is that if I were to die today, I will be happy because I did all that recently. You know, so <laughs> hopefully that's too morbid. But what what I'm trying to say is that it felt really good to and very rewarding and uh happy when I get to see uh cousins of mine whom I haven't seen for a while. So that was really nice. I'm not going to share those photos because it's private, but uh, it it's it's lovely. I really I really enjoyed it. Oh my gosh, how do I go back? Okay, moments. Um, and then I also spent a little time with my aunt. Who this is not the same aunt that I visited. This the aunt that I visited that I talked to you just now about was the sister, my young, the youngest sister of my, oh, the only sister of my dad's. So. That's right, so my dad's side of the family, and then my aunt, my my mom's side of the family, my mom's sister who lives just next door on the the next unit on the same floor of my parents' condo, and I went over there and chit chat with her. She just recently had a surgery, back surgery, and so I went over and talked to her for a long time and just catch up. It was lovely, and I feel and I I was very close with them. My uncle, my and my aunt, my uncle too, just recently had a, a very bad um. Illness, uh, I think it was like a lung inf- infection or something, and he was in the hospital. It was very serious, and now he's all healthy and good again. So it's all lovely. Um, so I went there and chatted with them. They used to take me out to eat all the time. They know I love food, and they like to 
be able to order more dishes. And so they would take me out to eat. They would order more, and then I'll eat everything. They'll eat a few pieces, and I'll eat the rest of the, the, the meal. So we're very close. Um, so I get to visit with them. That was rewarding as well. Seeing my old friends was super rewarding. I may have talked about my reunion, but uh, what happened after that was even very rewarding. I may have talked about my friend uh, who's a doctor, and uh, we we kept trying to kind of get in touch with him, and and he seemed to be very busy and uh, don't feel comfortable coming out to a big crowd. So we, we ended up setting a separate um, appointment and just a couple of me and another girl and went out and see him and it was so lovely to be able to get, reconnect with him so that was rewarding and other than the food stuff where I get to eat a lot of food um, another thing that was kind of nice is that when I was in KL my nephew this is my now I don't want to go into all the detail but you know one of my cousin's uh, son is uh, there to host us and very graciously and he, he and his girlfriend uh, hosted us very well uh, my cousin, who's not there, actually opened up her house for us to stay and uh, and took care of us very well and get to play with their dog, whose name is Holly. Uh, Holly is adorable. And then get to see some of my friends in, in KL and then visited my cousin in Surumban, which is kind of uh, close to KL. And uh, while I was there, I caught a cold and... Um, but still, kind of, it was like a s- slow, slow vacation. I mean, I went to the spa, um, did very little, took naps, had some fun times with the kids. Um, so that was really nice and rewarding. And then when I came back to, this is why it's like such a high speed uh, trip, right? When I came back from KL and Suramban, it was time for me to go to a wedding. And this is a wedding of a listener of mine that whom I know for a long time and became friends. And uh, uh, it's it's her wedding, and we, she's been talking about she's been talking about the wedding for many years. Uh, I think within the last five years, she started to think and plan about it, and always thought that it would be nice if. I'm back for her wedding. And obviously, it's a little, she understands that too. It's very challenging for me to make a trip, especially for her wedding. But if it happens to turn out that way, then good, we'll do that, right? And when she planned, when I planned for my trip, um, it just happened to be perfectly the right time that I can actually go to her wedding, and which I did. And I was ha- very happy to see that. And in that, in the wedding dinner, the reception, there were two tables. Each table is 10 people. And there were two tables of Penang Hokkien listeners. And that is the part that really touched me is, is how my, my podcast, so crazy, such a silly, stupid little podcast, have um, created this community outside of the podcast and people became real friends. There, there are about twenty of us who were her podcasting family, and it's kind of like you know Pride Forty Eight and how Pride Forty Eight have circles of friends because of Pride Forty Eight. You became real friends and so forth. Penang Hokkien is kind of like that. The listeners themselves are 
connecting with each other and form their own community. There are different groups of them all around the world, and it is so rewarding and so um, satisfying to see that sort of human connection and relationship happened because of my podcast. Um, that is definitely very rewarding for me as uh, somebody who's who spend the effort and the the time and the dedication for the podcast turn out to be able to see people uh, you know that is changing lives you know um not directly caused by me but i sort of helped generated that platform so that people get together and listen to the show and therefore they became friends also like-minded people became friends so it's awesome um and uh so let's see what else is rewarding. I'm trying to think. Um, oh yes, I'm go- I'm going through some of the photos because it's it's really hard for me to remember now what I was going to talk about. Um, one thing I don't know why sometimes that happens. I was at you all remember last year too when I went back to uh, Malaysia last year in 2013. Not last year, the, the year before 2013. I visited my aunt. In KL, and then when I came back, not too long after that, she passed away, and I'm, you know, I was, it was sad, but at the same time, I, I felt lucky that I was able to visit with her. This time, it's not a person. This time, it's a dog. My sister's dog, his name is Newbie, and and her name, I think it's a girl. Yeah, I am not very close to. I mean, I, I never get to spend too much time with her because I'm here, but every time I go back. She's an adorable, sweet dog and uh, one of my dad's favorites, right? She is not particularly uh, gorgeous as far as, you know, no long fur or whatever. You know, like the traditional cute dog. But she's very charming and very sweet. And she, and if you were Malaysian, you know, you would say that she looks like a paria dog, <laughs> meaning there's, you know, it's like a, a mud and just kind of a little dirty, you know, outdoor dog and all that. Um, she caught, I don't know, like a virus or something. And she just, she died within two days after um, having some, blood in her feces feces and and died in in within a day like over a span of two days right so i'm kind of glad i i remember that one day i don't like to walk through my sister's yard because sometimes the dog would poop and and i have to be very careful and the day before it was rainy so the 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 ground was a little mushy and then for some reason in my head head i thought if you don't go now, you might regret it. It's just that voice, you know, like, oh, you should do it because what if you don't get another chance to to see her again? I don't even know why because she was such a healthy dog at the same time and not that old. So I went over and then it's like, okay, I'm going to go check her out. And so I went there. She's happy to see me. I petted her. I chatted with her. And my dad came over and we kind of hung out a little bit with with the dog. And then... Last week or two, I found out that that she died. Hi, yeah, yeah. You know, it's sometimes life is such a 
it's it's such a uh, I know I don't know what to call it. it. It's so unpredictable, and you can't plan too much for it. Uh, sometimes you just you just can't. So I have learned to really make every trip, every opportunity I have, to be. A special occasion so that I can remember it. Like I'm, I'm creating memories, right? I want to spend time with people and create some good memory that I can carry with me, and uh, and cherish that experience. Like that moment, that simple moment of just me petting her and all that. Now it's special to me because she's gone. Um, and also, and some of you may have know about this, but I don't want to get into too much detail because this is my sister's personal life, but. Uh, you all know that my sister has um, uh, this condition where she uh, her immune system will attack the the whatever the substance is that essentially her neurosystem is that right like her, her the signal that goes from her brain to her muscles sometimes would uh, deplete. Or the substance that carry the signal would de- deplete, and therefore she would get weak and she couldn't walk or stand up. And he's had that for a few years now. And those of you who are longtime listeners, you probably remember that I was very concerned for my sister because she was hospital and bed bound for over a year. And um, but luckily there is treatment that she's getting. It's it's a chronic thing, you know. She has to. She has to deal with this the rest of her life, and, uh, and so. But recently, there there was like a a bit. She can feel it. She knows that. Oh my gosh, you know my knee is a little weak, or I, I couldn't stand up when I sit down. She knows that something is wrong, and uh, so she went on to this um uh, treatment, a special treatment that is that's essentially using um it's like a plasma treatment of, of sort. So blood out from her body and used this machine and, and took out the plasma or something and then let her body regenerate new ones and then she uh, then the situation the condition would go away so recently she had to do that just a few days ago um, you know of course I'm worried about her and I'm worried about my, my parents worrying about my sister and um, so life is so fragile uh, she's she's all good now she's you know she's feeling top notch again she just wanted to get that done with before Chinese New Year and and I'm glad she did took a long time for her to do like say an all day process seven hours sitting there in front of the machine with one arm of blood coming out the other arm of blood going in you know it's it's scary um but she's a tough cookie she is very positive and uh, very strong. Um, I really always admire her, her, um, her courage and resiliency of how tough she is to fight uh, her her this condition that she has. So, uh, yeah. Um, then, um, uh, you know, and so spending time with my sister and with my parents are are, oh, awesome! I just love it. When we actually planned a trip to, uh, oh yes, I'm looking at some of my photos to kind of help me recall some events that happened when I was in Penang. There was a day that my sister, my mom, and my aunt and I went to after my haircut. We went to the beach and they were digging for clams, and、uh, you know I get to 
be there just with them on a, their normal activity, and that was special to me. I've never been to that beach before, so it was beautiful and it's nice. And I spent some time with my, with the family, with my sister, with mom, and my aunt, and it was lovely. Ah, uh, yeah. Then okay, okay. So another rewarding and memorable moment was, um, of course, the one big thing. Let me check on the time. Thirty-two minutes. Okay, one big thing that I've been preparing for months. Is my live show? Is my Penang Hokkien live show at a an actual theater? I don't even did I talk about this? I talk a little bit about it. I don't think I've gone into it. It was super rewarding. I'm gonna talk to you under this rewarding, uh, for segment or whatever it is. This uh uh oh Jesus! I almost fell down. <laughs> my chair was tipped over. Um, so. Why is it rewarding? Okay, I woke up in the morning. It was like a crazy, crazily tight day. I have my sh- I have my sound check like at one thirty or two thirty. Can't remember now, but in the afternoon and in the morning, I really have no. I'm running out of time to see my friends. Right, there's this group of friends. We went to a lot of tuition classes together. We're very tight. There's like eight of us. Yeah, eight nine of us, um, and a few of them. I would say all but two. One is in Australia. One is in San Jose. So the rest of us. So there's uh, let me count. Meiji, um, uh, Aini, Jiaming, Xianyao, Aini. No, did I say that? Uh, okay, let me count. Meiji, Jiaming, Huisi, Aini, Xianyao. Five, and then plus. Danny's, who's uh, Xianyao's wife and and thought a baby girl, so we all got together. So that's how many people, like five, six of us. Like. So uh, we went to uh, breakfast very early, right? I think at eight o'clock or seven thirty. I can't remember. Eight o'clock maybe. And I I have my friend fetch me, and um, Meiji Esther, she. She lives in Singapore. I wasn't expecting her to be there. I just expected the those who were, happened to be in Penang. So, I went there uh, in the morning and saw the a bunch of them, and there I was so happy to see them. And then I suddenly I saw Meiji Esther walking in. I was so surprised. I was screaming. I was like, "Oh my god! I didn't know you were gonna be here!" So that was so special. We went back to the the market. The wet market. There's this food court area. So we went there. We have been. This is what we do when we were in high school. We would go to breakfast together. We would go to uh, late night meals together, and we'll we'll uh, you know go hang out at the the night market. And it was it was all very memorable, right? So when whenever we get to see each other, we try to go back to to the market and do the same thing we did when we were young. So that was nice. Get to see all of them, and and then they also have a double surprise, a surprise for Esther, whose birthday is coming up in a day or two, and so she, uh, they brought a cake in. So we took pictures and and have our cakes, and uh, uh, it was very lovely. And one thing that is like so memorable, I'm mean, just gonna have to say it because it it was just for my own sake was that there was this. Um, little stall outside of where we were having breakfast. They were selling one of the stuff that they were selling was an alarm clock. So the alarm clock 
was they keep turning on the alarm beep 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 beep, 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 beep the whole time it was so annoying oh, so now it's part of the memory too um and then we had our the cake the cake was delicious and we actually treated the the lady who is the is like a uh drinks stall and she sells drinks and we you know we've had drinks with uh, from, we buy drinks from her since we were in uh, we were in high school like teenage years and so she was there to see us and she was happy to see all of us there too so it was very memorable and that was in the morning and uh there was breakfast and after that we left and uh in fact my parents came pick me up and i've already had my luggage packed getting ready for my show that night it was like such a crazy night. So it started like a seven something. Uh, got ready, meet my friends, go to the market, see my friends, ate, and then left. And then where did I go? Oh, yes. So my family wanted to take me to this uh, seafood place. It's not seafood. I don't know what, what to call it. Essentially, it's seafood, but not like clear water seafood. Essentially, it's from... Um, uh, from the river and so we it was kind of far we have to drive over an hour to go get the food and it was kind of in this kind of in the middle of nowhere jungle <laughs> place and then there's the restaurant you go there and you have fresh fresh seafood and so i went there with my my parents my sister my nephew my uh, brother-in-law came and met us there so we had a lovely meal, and immediately after that, we rushed back, and my parents dropped me off at the um, at the performing arts center, the Penang uh, Penang Pack Penang Performing Arts Center. So I got me dropped me off there around one thirty, two o'clock, I remember, or two thirty, and then I uh, I met with a newspaper. Um, they came, or this lady, actually, just one of them. She came and interviewed me about my show and about uh, the live show and about the podcast itself, and that's what the 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 article was about. When I was, um, I think that you may have seen some photos that I posted posted of a, a news article about my show. So she came, interviewed me. Uh, and then after that, I had to do sound check. I went in there, coordinated the sound check, tell the sound guy, sound guy, and the light lighting guys how I wanted to run. You know, these are the things I talked through the plan, and it's very simple. But you know, I want to go through how I want to come out from the stage for the first song. Blah blah blah. So everything was planned. Um, I had to iron my own shirt, and then. Uh, I forgot. I don't know if I talk about this, but I, maybe I have. I, f I packed stuff and I forgot to. Oh, and I, I was a little hungry. And it was like at 2 o'clock, 1.30 or 2 o'clock. And I just had a big meal. I was full. But then my show is starting at 8 o'clock. So around 6 something, I was getting a little hungry. And I wanted to be able to have some food that I can snack on. So I went down to, there's like a little mall area. So I went to the mall area and bought a towel because I forgot to bring my towel and then I bought some snack uh, some bananas and uh, some nice soft bread which I remember gosh do I, have, do I still have that like I stuck it in my bag and like the second day I still have that bread a piece of that bread in my in my bag was all flat I think I gave that to my mom um, so I went uh, 
and then I did my own sound check, uh, very last, did my own sound check, and uh, went backstage, started ironing my shirt and getting ready. And I was doing my sound check all the way until right before we opened the house. So it was like seven, I think seven forty-five or seven thirties when we opened. Seven thirties when we opened the house, and I was still doing sound check like at seven twenty. And then finally, when we got all done, I went into the I went into back I went to the backstage of the dressing room and started changing, uh, taking a shower and uh, poop, <laughs> and. Uh, get ready for my show, blow my hair, iron my shirts and pants and everything. And then my the stage manager, or the, not the stage manager, the theater manager came in and uh, told me that he said, you are, uh, I just want to let you know, uh, it is a full house. <laughs> and I was, I was very excited. I have plan on this and I said that in my, my friend always say realistically if we have 200 people the, the theater seats uh, 305 or 304 people and uh, people who attended was more than that it was full and then they have to pull about 10-15 uh, chairs upstairs I think uh, for for people to sit and so it's essentially it's, it's over 300 people and I was ecstatic I was so happy and if I was you know when people say I don't know, every time I, I feel like I'm excited and I'm happy and I feel also feel like, oh my gosh, I owe them. You know, I owe them the fact that they come out all the way to support me, to support the show. And um, so I, I feel a little guilty. I don't know why. But uh, I'm sure they gain something out of it too. They get gain entertainment. They, they get to have fun. So I'm sure it's not, it's not like a bad thing. But for me, I feel like, oh my gosh, they... They spent. Some people actually flew in from Singapore. Some people flew in from uh, Medan, Indonesia. Um, a few came in from KL, Kuala Lumpur, and I felt a little guilty. I don't know why. I shouldn't. I guess I shouldn't, because I'm sure it's rewarding for them too, as much as it is rewarding for me to see them. I'm sure it's rewarding for them to be in the audience watching and and ex- experiencing the whole show and meeting me maybe so it was all good um it was a full house it was a huge success what i didn't know was i my voice was really hoarse then in fact i just edited or oh, i just posted the very last show i recorded three shows that night and the first two shows, my voice was still okay. The third show, I can totally hear that my voice is very raspy and a little hoarse. And that was also the show that I have to sing a song. So um, um, I may post the video for you if you want to. I'm going to post this video on online. I've posted this on on, on uh, Penang Hokkien, uh, Penang Hokkien's website today, the this week. So I'm going to post that video also so that you, if you want to check it out, you can the song that I sang. And I want to explain a little bit about that song. That song is called Ang Chu Hia Lao Chu. Ang Chu Hia Lao Chu. Ang Chu Hia means the red terracotta uh, roof. Uh, so it's it's essentially the house with the red terracotta roof. And I, it was so meaningful to me that I felt like I wanted that song sung during that part portion of the show because the first show was about nostalgic, fun childhood stuff. So we talk about that. It was good. I came up with with my school uniform. It all matches really well. 
The second show was Ghost Stories. That was fun. And then the third show was totally about the 10 years of doing the show. And so it was perfect. And um, before I sang the song, uh, actually it was after the Ghost Story. This is another rewarding moment that that was kind of um, special. In fact, I'm going to pull up the... the, um, the article, not the article, but the message. I hope I still have it. I know I have it. I hope I can find it. The article that, not article, but the a message that I got from my my listeners. Uh, I think it was my listener's sister. I'm sure she also listens. Let me see if I can find it. It was very touching for me. And I want to see if I can share that with you. Oh, how can I find this? I'm going through my Facebook messages. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? The last name is Fu. Oh, oh, here it is. So let me read that for you. Ah, uh, okay. So this is a message that she sent me. I have a listener. She, I, I don't remember, she has some sort of a disease as well, uh, some immune system kind of um, issue. And she passed away about five years ago. And I didn't know what to do really at that time. I thought, oh my gosh, one of, one of my listeners, somebody I talked to, I, I knew and was laughing with us on the show and... She was the guest on the show, and I I didn't know what to do. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to just carry on with the show. I mean, I'm not going to stop the show. That is not, I don't think that's not, that's not something that, that she would want. And so I decided, you know what? In her memory, I'm just going to carry on and have a good laugh and continue the momentum of the show, just making people laugh making people use the language and uh, set up this community where, where friends are made, you know? So that was five years ago, and we all were sad. Some of us were very close. Some of my listeners were very close uh, with her, and and it was a painful loss. So this is five years later, and, and her sister told me, uh, she sent me a message first, and then she also came to me in person and spoke to me. Uh, I'm going to read her message. She said, Hi, John. I'm Hailam Kipmui. Hailam Kipmui is her nickname. I'm Hailam Kipmui's sister. I'm not sure if you still remember her as she has passed away five years ago, which, of course, I do remember her. Recently, while some uh, during some uh, spring cleaning at, at home, I found some of her photos and also her journal, penning down that one of her memorable moments Moments is are to uh, one of the memorable moment memorable moment is to know many great friends through Penang Hokkien. Though she's no longer here, I know you all had make a great impact in her life. Once again, I would uh, I would like to express my utmost gratitude and a big thank you to you and all the members of Penang Hokkien Group. Which uh, wish you have a, a blessed new year and toast to many more adventures in 2015. So that was so sweet, right? I so then she personally came up after this the second show. She personally came up to me and and uh, shook my hand and told me 
that um you know say thank you that that one of her most memorable moment of her sisters uh was getting to know a group of good friends from Penang Hokkien so that that to me is it, no matter what all the the early mornings i have to get up all the sometimes i feel lazy i don't want to post the show and i'm like it's not always um most of the time it's easy like doing a recording chatting with my listeners all that it's fun and easy but there were times that you know you have to put in the effort right to to be able to do to be so dedicated that you have to do every show every single week post the show at least every single week was not easy but this comments like this made it so rewarding to hear made it totally worthwhile all the effort that i put in all the 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 financial stuff that I have to put in to support the website and the effort that I put everything is worthwhile this made me feel so satisfied and so good and I asked her to share her story on, on my show on that third show which I did and following that I sang that song I maybe I can I can play a little bit oh I, I invited that original singer to come and sing that song uh, for me but uh, she was unable to do that and so I I said I asked permission to sing that song and so they gave me the permission to sing that song and and I, I want to play it for you because it it's it's can you hear it yeah okay this was a YouTube video that a, uh, a listener shot from the audience and shared that with me that video and I then reposted it back up to the uh, to to my YouTube channel, so I will put I will put this video. I just want to let you hear. It was everything just flew together, and it was so meaningful to me. My explanation before that song was that I I feel like that song, the old house, that we're talking about in this song, is Penang. That place is is where it's like an old house that I go back and visit, and that is. Where I was born, where I was growing, I grew up uh, in Penang. So I'm gonna let you listen to this a little bit, and you, you want to listen to the rest of the song. You can always go to our online podcast and listen to it too. Anyway, so that that's a little bit of it. So it's like a very sentimental song, which I definitely felt the emotion, and I really know that that emotion went through the audience, and they felt it too. And that was very rewarding as well for me. So, uh, so that was the that was my show, and it was like a hectic day, right? So I, I finished the singing the song, and I went out, and this is like so amazing because. <laughs> <laughs> because I I have planned this um, 
it's the first time that I actually embrace, I talked to you about this already, that, that myself, I didn't think of myself is as important to my listeners as the collective whole, like the show with the with the listeners and, and all that. I always think of Penang Hokkien as Penang Hokkien, but people link Penang Hokkien to me as well. So I I wanted people to to have that experience. So I I there uh, they made this calendar for me to give away uh, my actually one of my listeners who generously did the design and actually printed it without any costs on me and gave away to all the Penang Hokkien listeners. So that was very, very special, uh, very generous of them to be doing that. So there's a calendar that they've printed for me that I I I cherish. Actually, I have it right here with me because it's so special. I'm going to send a couple to uh, Australia, uh, not Australia, to the UK, because I want to share this with uh, some of my my listeners in the UK. So I'm looking at it in front of me. Um, so I was signing autographs. Um, <clears throat> it, it was so surreal. It was like, like people when some of my coworkers from work saw that and they were like, "What the hell is he doing?" There was this line of me sitting down on the table and I was signing autographs. People coming over here and take pictures with me. Uh, after the show, so the show ended like around 11 o'clock, a little bit after 11 o'clock. I went and cut a cake. There was a cake made for me, also donated by my ge- generous listener. And uh, so we took pictures of the cake, and I cut a piece of that cake, and I took the piece of cake, went downstairs, started signing autographs, taking pictures with people. Uh, and it was amazing. It was amazing. It was such a... Uh, I really live uh, an alternate life. You know, for a week or two, I get to be this quasi-celebrity. Uh, people come and, and see me and wanting to meet me and, and get my autographs. And it was lovely. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun experience. Um, and uh, so, yeah. So that was... It's very rewarding. I definitely felt good. The fact that so, so many people showed up and uh, and everyone I spoke to felt like the show was a great success, high energy, um, entertaining, fun, funny. Uh, the musicians were amazing, those that I, I, I invited to come perform for free. <laughs> uh, we did put in some donation box and the, the money that was collected was donated to the musicians or separated, uh, divided by the musicians. So, uh, yeah. And oh my god, just 54 minutes. It's almost an hour now. Uh, and I, I want to wrap this up also. After all this, I went to Singapore to see my, my, uh, my, a family member of mine I haven't seen for a while. And I went to Singapore to visit him and his wife. And he took such good care of us, which is lovely and amazing. And uh, we spent a few days in Singapore. Very generous of them to take us to places and restaurants. And every meal was lovely. Uh, Very nice and generous of them. And I also get to meet with my friend Esther in Singapore as well. She took me out for a lovely, lovely roast duck. If you don't follow my Twitter, uh, maybe you should. Because, oh my gosh, this roast duck was so delicious. I'm actually making favorites of the roast duck pictures. 
And then I get to meet some of my listeners in Singapore as well. So lovely. Um, and and then I I oh there was one day that my my brother in that my cousin brother took us out. Uh, he used to live with us. He and his sister used to live with us when we were young. His dad, my uncle, had to go out of town to do business, and um, and his wife, their mom, passed away when they were fairly young. So there's no nowhere to go. So they have to stay with us. So they lived with us for for quite a few years, and um, uh, so you know we're we're close. And it, it's really nice to see that we get to reunite again. It's been so long since we've seen each other. And then another, like the eldest son of my aunt that I talked about earlier uh, that I visited over Christmas, he was in Singapore as well. So we called him and and he came over and we had uh, a lovely night chatting, um, catching up and it was lovely. And then uh, the next morning I left. I left Singapore to come back to my home now, my current home, which is Kansas City. And uh, it was it was lovely. And it was like, obviously, it's it's hard to leave. But at the same time, I was very happy to see Bruce. I was very, very happy to see Chai. Um, and yeah, so that wraps up. That would be the sandwich of um, the trip that I had. And, and I think it... It the theme like I mentioned was re, uh, reunion. Like I felt like I get to reunite with people, see the people that I haven't seen for a long time, and and uh, spend time together. And it was very, very, very rewarding. Um, so it was a lovely, lovely trip. I'm very happy, and I'm also very happy that my parents are coming. At least we're we're, we're planning on that, and that should be. Coming up very soon, get to see my parents, hopefully in the summertime. And uh, that would be um, another opportunity for us to to make, create wonderful memories and stuff that we can cherish and remember. And I appreciate that you're still listening to online. And again, I'm, I was actually quite surprised of, by how many of my Asian listeners, my Penehokan listeners, do listen to online and that they care about me and I appreciate it I love you for caring about me and uh, um, treating me like a friend and I appreciate that until next time don't forget that don't forget to smile don't forget I can't fucking speak don't forget to smile bitches bye